The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. By tomorrow, I will rule the world! You think he's gone? He's not gone. That's the whole point. He's never gone. Is this some radical new therapy? You see? Well, I must have not been paying attention when you were just talking to me. Definitely not a radical new therapy. I'm going to watch that movie this weekend. Nancy still has not seen What About Bob. Uh, she still has not seen it. Uh, We've been binge-watching... Um, Bloodlines on Netflix. Oh, I heard that's good. It was actually better than Ozark. Wow. Yeah. And Ozark's like my favorite series I've ever watched. Okay. Well, uh-huh. Until Bloodlines. Yeah. I've seen it advertised, so yeah. I'll have to check Can you pull, it out. Pull me up just a little. Sure. Action-packed show today. Aha. Uh-huh. Got some great breaking news. There we go. Shocking news, if you ask me. I mean, it's shocking for me. So I got an email this morning before we start the show. I got an email this morning for some one of my haters. Oh, yeah? Telling me that I shouldn't be advertising that I like, quote, underage girls on my Facebook page. And sends me a picture of... Uh, photo at the top of my Facebook page with me and my sister. Oh my goodness. So I wrote back, dude, it's my effing sister. What are you, some kind of moron? Yeah. <laughs> People just suck. Adver- and how is that advertising that you like younger? What are you- like, well, because she's really young. Yeah. Like she's 30, but she looks like she's 18. I know, but like what's the advertising that you like? Uh, apparently he thought that was like uh, my girlfriend. Oh, God, I'm slow to catch up. Sorry. I'm like... You have to think like a hater to get Yeah, it. okay. I was like, I think so. Like, Yeah. Wait, it, so you can't have a photo with a young person at all? Yeah. God, people are stupid. And they read so much into things. Oh, right? So much. Ba, 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 ba. God, we're good. Look, I, posted, <laughs> I posted something yesterday, and I got three phone calls from people saying, is that about me? Oh, God, don't be that person. And I was just like, yes, you're right. Everything's about you. Yeah. I, I sit here and I just think about you all day. Yeah. Fucking people, man. So stupid. I hate people, man. I really do. And also, if you think it might be about you, then take a look at your own life. Right, right. Maybe. Because if it isn't, and you conscience. read into it, yeah, what yeah. have you been doing? Right. Oh, God. Let's get this show on the Let's road, Let's do maybe. it. Almost took today off, but I'm here. Hi, how you guys doing? My name's Tom Duggan here at the Paying Attention Podcast. Hi, it's up. Two guys smoke shop at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. i uh, got a little bit of a hodgepodge today for you. I've got some breaking news. We've got a couple of things that I want to talk about. Obviously, we're going to talk about the big story of the day, although by tomorrow it will be old news, I'm sure. So if you're watching this over the weekend, you've probably heard so much about the Supreme Court, you probably don't want to hear it. But uh, I'm going to give you a little bit of a different take on things on that. Um, a couple of things I want to get to before we get to our breaking news, if I can pull it up real quick. Well, we should probably thank our sponsors, right? Yeah, let's do We that. should start with that because I forgot that at the beginning of the show. I made up for it at the end last week. but we did. McLennan 
McLennan Real Estate, Century 21. Now, Sam McLennan from McLennan Real Estate was at TMF last night with his mom. And his mom works for NPR. And she came over and asked if she could interview me for a story they're doing about the homeless and the opioid crisis in Lawrence. And she's such a nice, she was such a nice lady, but she does work for the media. So I had to say to her, like off the record before we start, listen, please don't pull anything out of context to make it look like I'm trashing Lawrence because I have to deal with that on a regular basis. Every time I cover a shooting or something negative in Lawrence, people always come on my page and say, all you do is trash Lawrence. So I said, I'll talk to you, but just please don't, please don't use this as a piece to trash Lawrence because I don't need the aggravation and Lawrence doesn't need the aggravation. And she agreed, so I talked to her because she's a McLennan. And, um, and, and I'm really looking forward to how is state-controlled media, which is what NPR is, how is state-controlled media going to, going to portray this story? And if I didn't know Sam and I didn't know the McLennans, I would have said no. I want no part. Of, I want no part of an interview with you guys. But uh, but uh, she she seemed like she was genuinely interested in uh, what's going on with the opioid crisis and how Lawrence is kind of like Lawrence is the is the is the microcosm for the country. I say this all the time. What goes on in Lawrence, if you study what's happening in Lawrence, that's happening all over the country. It's a good representation of what's happening everywhere else, just that because we're in Lawrence, we talk about Lawrence. But it's not really about Lawrence, right? It is, in a way, because we're talking about Lawrence. But mostly it's not, because the same, the same things that are going on in Lawrence are going on in Worcester and Boston and Bangor, Maine and Cincinnati and San Francisco and... and Detroit and Dallas. So um, so I said, okay, so we'll do that. She also interviewed Mike Gorman from TMF, which I thought was great. Um, so I'm really looking forward to seeing how they're going to how they're going to portray this story. And I have a, I have a little bit more faith because I know the family. Uh, but otherwise, normally I would have just said, no, I really want, I want no part of NPR interviewing me for anything. Uh, I want to thank the Zany Pesci Law Office. We're trying to get Jaina Zany Pesci. It's Jaina. Um, we're trying to get Jaina to be our MC next year again for our 20th anniversary bash. And we've had our first meeting for next year's 20th anniversary Valley Patriot bash. And we've got some really neat things planned. So, uh, one, and I'll tell you one of them. We're trying to get all of the previous scholarship winners to come and help us present next year's scholarships. So we're looking for Devante Jones. We're trying very hard to find him. He's the first kid we ever gave a scholarship to back in 2010. And, um, and I think that's, that's going to be like a really special night. I feel so bad every time we give out a check for $10,000 now or $15,000. I always think back to the first guy who got 100 bucks. I'm like, wow, that kid got screwed, man. If he had just hung out, if he was just born a little later, he would have had so much more. So I'm going to try and do something nice for him if he shows up. Uh, what else? Marsan and Sun Construction. We're hearing, we're hearing, we're hearing things. We're hearing things that Ronnie Marsan's thinking of running for Methuen City Council. And I hope that half of me hopes that's true because Ronnie would be a great city councilor. He was a great city councilor last time, and I think he'd be a great city councilor again. But the other half of me kind of w- almost wishes that he wouldn't run because he does so many things in the community when he's not running for office that now when he does something for the community, people are going to say, you're only doing that because you're running for office. And he doesn't deserve that because when he's not running for office, for the years he's not been a candidate or an elected official, that guy does so much for the veterans. He does so much, and his wife, Diane, so much for the community. And so it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a, a, I'm betwixt and between, but I would love to see Ronnie back on the council. EIS, investigation and gun training. They also do security. If you've got a business that needs security, especially all these brand new pot shops popping up everywhere that are mandated to have security, you should be calling EIS. 
gas investigation. Borelli's Deli, um, listen, 4th of July weekend, right? And 4th of July is on Tuesday, so it's like a five-day weekend. I, 495 is already backed up all the way up to Maine. Um, and so everybody's starting on Thursday. They're starting their five-day weekend. Excuse me. Um, I'm going after the show, and I'm picking up their pepper flake hot sausage so that when we go to the lake on Sunday, everybody at the lake can taste the, the new Borelli's hot pepper flake sausage, and it's really, really good. I use it for everything now. I, put sa- I now put sausage in everything. I put it in my eggs in the morning. I put it in my spaghetti sauce. I put, I put it in everything. Uh, Clear Path for Veterans New England. We've got an announcement on them in a couple seconds. Um, the, actually, let's just do it now. So... Um, we've been talking about how clear, how, um, take a breath, slow down. Um, we've been talking about how Veterans Northeast Outreach has been, uh, collapsing. And I understand that the CEO of Veterans Northeast Outreach has resigned. And, um, Clear Path for Veterans New England tonight at six o'clock at the VFW in Methuen is going to be making an announcement that they are going to be providing services locally. I believe they're going to be opening an office, although he didn't say that, but I believe that's what they're going to be doing. Um, They're going to be opening an office in either Lawrence or Methuen. And uh, we were in the mayor's office this week in Lawrence, and when we came out, the building across from City Hall in Lawrence has has um, an awning that has the VNOC symbol on it, uh, Veterans Northeast Outreach. And I said to the mayor, I said... um, that building looks empty. Is, is, does Veterans Northeast still run that building? He said, "No, they're out. They're gone. They 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 pulled out. They 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 evicted. They evicted all of their veterans. Fucking, sh- fucking no, shameless. Just totally shameless." Um, and so I immediately called Randy and said, "I know you've got an announcement coming. You should be talking to Kelly Birchall or uh, or or the mayor's office. You know, Brian or Octavian, whoever is up there. You should be talking to them about Clearpath taking over that building." for homeless veterans, because it's a great location. It's literally across the street from City Hall, right downtown. You've got shops, you've got restaurants, you've got all kinds of things downtown in Lawrence for them. It'd be a great spot, so uh, we're going to be working on that. The Doug Mercurio Law Office. i got to go back to lunch with Doug Mercurio. First of all, because he pays. Uh, <laughs> he pays for lunch. But, uh, but secondly, that guy's like so smart. We went to lunch one day for like, I don't know, I, I expected it to be like a half an hour or an hour, and lunch started at one, and it's somewhere around five o'clock. He was like, "Listen, I can't believe how late it is. I got to get, get back to my office and close the office." Um, so I love talking to Doug. And if you need a lawyer, uh, uh, you need insurance, the Doug Mercurial Law Office is the place to go. AFC Urgent Care. We love Lisa and everybody over there. Dave Id Consoli at Pleasant Valley Landscaping Stacks Par Twenty Eight and Loaded. And by the way, we're looking for six to ten people. We're going to do a flash mob lunch or a flash mob dinner, depending on what time we schedule it. And we're going to go to Stacks one day. We're going to go to Loaded another day. And we're going to go to Part 28 another day. And we're going to order everything on the menu. That's why we need 10 people, right? And, and we're going to sample everything on their menu. And then we're going to rate them. We're going to come in on the show and we're going to rate them. And we're going to write a story. We're going to rate them. So if you're interested in coming with us, what we're going to do is we're going to bring six to 10 people if there's more fine. And uh, we're, we're, we're going to order whatever we can on the menu, and we're all just going to split everything equally because everyone's going to be taking and, and choosing. Um, so we're going to try that. Uh, and also a free shout-out to JG's Ice Cream. This is, the, this is the time to be going to JG's Ice Cream because it's been so hot, so humid lately. Um, if, you need, if, you, if you like ice cream, and I'm not really much of an ice cream guy. Like Anybody who knows me will tell you that. I'm not a sweet guy. I don't like sweets. I don't like candy. I generally don't eat ice cream, but... 
like four or five times a year, I get a real craving for like a strawberry frap or something. And I'll go for, I'll drive from North Andover all the way up to here to Salem to get my frap at JG's because they do so much for the community. They're such great guys. All right. So we got our sponsorships out of the way. And, um, is this like a, a secret, uh, a secret handoff here? Excellent. We're getting documents. I love when people drop by and give us documents. That's f- phenomenal. What do we what do I say that again? I said it's boring stuff. Oh, is it really? It's yeah. from Music Bingo tonight. Sadie, oh, Music Sadie's Bingo. New Hampshire, by the way. Oh, Come okay. Free plug. Yep, yep, yep. I, I would go, but I, Greg DeLosario is a city councilor in Lawrence. He's having a fundraiser tonight, and Randy's having his uh, VFW thing for Clearpath, so I'm going to be bouncing around for tonight. Yeah, lucky for you, um, we're doing it every Thursday. Oh, that's Sadie's good. Sadie's Bar and Grill at Salem, Excellent. Well, maybe next Thursday night we'll have to bring some people up. Please. And we'll, and it we'll is ha- so much fun. I will just say really quick. It really? Is, it is a ton of fun. I got that feedback last week. We launched it last week. Uh, when they were done, it was more the surprise on people. They were like, this was so much more fun than I thought it was going to be. This is so much fun. So, so the Jane has tried, four years ago, the Jane has tried to get me to go to a music bingo. And you know me. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a homebody. I'm, I'm in the office all the time. I don't like to leave unless I have to. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, music bingo, probably not for me. And they kept pushing, and they kept pushing, and they kept pushing. And then finally I said, you know what? I'm going to be hanging with the Janas. How bad can it be? Mm-hmm. So I said, fine. So it was a fundraiser for the Methuen. I think it was the Methuen Boosters, um, or the Methuen Athletic Association, whatever the official name is. And I went, and it was, it was so surprisingly fun that when we left, I said, we've got to do this. We have to do a fundraiser like this for the bash. We should do like a music bingo thing to raise money for our scholarships like in between bashes. Call me. So I know Nancy has, uh, do you do it? Do you do like the... Yeah, I'm the host. I run it. I'm not just telling you people to come because it's fun and I want you to hang out. I literally host and run these things. Oh, then we'll just, bring, we'll just hire you. I know. That's what I'm saying. Oh, well, then you're in. And All right. speaking, if I, may I just take one more Please second? Please do. You were speaking of uh, fundraising. So what we are doing also at Sadie's Bar and Grill in Salem, New Hampshire at uh, the last Thursday of every month, we're going to check Music Bingo turns into Mega Music Bingo Jackpot, and we're going to 50-50 all proceeds. Uh, sorry, well, 50-50 the prize pool with a different charity every month. So cash prizes, and 50% of it will go to cash prizes. 50% will go to a different charity each month, and we're going to pick a different uh, – we're going to let the players pick a charity. We're going to put it in a bowl, and we're going to draw – Draw it out uh, once a month so you'll know if you come at the end of the month that we're also going to be making money for charity. So I just, why not? I just wanted her to keep talking. Sorry. It's, no, no. Literally, it's literally the sexiest. I want to sexiest, eat into your whole show. No, no. It's literally. The, I, I wasn't being sarcastic. It's literally <laughs> the sexiest voice on podcast. Okay. Like mm-hmm. I could just sit here and let – you should do your own podcast just so I can listen to you. It's called Chrissy Talks. She just, she just has nonsense. a she, uh, All right. Let's see. So we did the Claire path. Uh, so we're, uh, I'm going to save the Supreme Court stuff for last. So where should we go? Let's see. Uh, all right, we'll do this. So if you're watching the uh, the news over the last, I don't know, four months or so, you might notice that Chris Christie, the former governor of New Jersey, someone who I originally endorsed for president uh, eight years ago, six years ago, I don't know. My time frames are always off. Um, Two elections ago, uh, I was in full force with Chris Christie, met him, interviewed him, uh, went to a couple of his town halls. He took a couple of my questions. Um, I didn't really like one of his answers, but he was at least willing to talk it out with me, 
which meant that like he wasn't just giving me a talking point. He actually had reasoning behind why he believed what he believed, and I really liked that. Um, and so uh, I was all in with uh, Chris Christie, but by the time we voted in Massachusetts, he was out of the race. And he endorsed Donald Trump, so I ended up going with Donald Trump. Now he's the anti-Donald Trump guy, and he's on every single liberal news media show you can imagine. He was on CNN yesterday. He was on CNN the day before yesterday. He was on CNN the day before that. He was on MSNBC the day before that. He was on NBC the day before that. And it seems like every time I look up, there's Chris Christie. And he's kicking the shit out of Donald Trump. And I'm thinking, you know, I think he's a really bright guy overall, but really politically stupid. Doesn't he understand that they're having him on and they love him today because he's kicking the shit out of Donald Trump. But they're also recording all of these interviews looking for some little screw up that he's going to say now that they can use against him later on. Because make no mistake about it. If Chris Christie were to be the nominee for the Republican Party for president against Joe Biden or any Democrat, Chris Christie will go from the beloved candidate of CNN to a white supremacist Nazi overnight. And anybody who thinks differently has not been paying attention to national politics over the last 10 years. And, and I, I, I just wonder if he understands that, because, again, he is a bright guy, but politically, I, I don't think he gets it. These people are, are rolling tape on you, and you just keep talking and talking and talking and talking. And I guess you have to do that. You're running for president. But why are you going on CNN? Why are you going on MSNBC so that they can have all of that audio and all of that video to take one little thing that you said, like they do with every Republican that runs later on in the race, and then use it to beat you over the head? Well, here's what he said two, uh, here's what he said two years ago on CNN's you know, Dana Bash show. And, and, they just, and they're going to kill him with his own words. And, you know, he says he's learned his lesson from Donald Trump, but he certainly hasn't learned his lesson from the way Donald Trump dealt with the media. And so, I, you know, honestly, I don't know that I could vote for Chris Christie. I don't know that I could support him. Um, from last time to this time, what has changed? It's not because he's kicking the shit out of Donald Trump, because I'm not voting for Donald Trump in the primary. Um, it's more because during his town hall on CNN, which he did for like two hours one night, Somebody asked him about the deep state. What is the deep state? The deep state meaning the intelligence agencies within the federal government that are basically running roughshod over our government. And they asked him about the so-called deep state, the intelligence agencies, and how, they're, how they are meddling with our elections, how they're meddling with social media, how they're censoring the public. And his answer was, there is no deep state. So you are now automatically disqualified from me ever supporting you for anything unless you somehow wake up and realize that there actually is a deep state. Because there is. The one thing that we learned from the Donald Trump administration, love him or hate him, what we learned is the FBI bugged his office, the FBI floated, the FBI and the intelligence agencies floated bogus reports about him peeing on prostitutes in Germany and all these other things that he was a Russian collusion and all this stuff that has now turned out to not be true. And they did it because they were trying to stop him from becoming president. And that is not the job of intelligence agencies. Intelligence agencies are not supposed to be involved in our elections. They're not supposed to be doing anything domestically. They're supposed to be protecting us from terrorists. They're supposed to be protecting us on the border. They're supposed to be protecting us from spies within our government. Not, let's, let's get all the Republicans and put Democrats in office so that we can keep doing what we do nefariously behind the scenes. So Chris, Chris Christie doesn't get it. I'll tell you who I... I I, if I see, I'm an, I'm an independent. So 
I'm either going to take a Republican ballot or a Democrat ballot. If Ron DeSantis is in the race and still in the race by the time we get to the Massachusetts vote in the primary, I will probably pull a vote, pull a Republican ballot and vote for Ron DeSantis. If he's not, then I am definitely pulling a Democrat ballot and voting for Robert F. Kennedy, who, if you haven't seen the Joe Rogan interview with him yet, please go watch that. Please go watch that. It's, it's long, but let me tell you, five minutes in, you're going to hope it never ends. Like, he's just so good at explaining what's really going on without the filtered agenda of a political party, without the filtered agenda of the deep state, without the filtered agenda of editorial boards or the CNN fact checkers, uh, which are really just liars. Um, so I'm, I'm between DeSantis and Robert F. Kennedy. I'm, I'm leaning more toward Robert F. Kennedy, quite frankly, because um, I don't know that DeSantis is going to still be in the race by the time Massachusetts votes, but that's, again, where I am. All right, so what else do we have? So we've got a big announcement, and then I'm going to spend 10 minutes on the Supreme Court stuff. So in, La- in the city of Lawrence, now I got this story yesterday, and I was told it's solid, it's 100%, you can run with it, but I didn't post it because I wanted to save it for today's show, and I'm glad that I did. Because in between yesterday and last night, I got a phone call that, yes, this is happening, but it's going to happen differently than the way we told you it was going to happen. So I said, is anything else going to change from now to like 20 minutes from now? Like, can I actually start taking notes about what I want to talk about tomorrow? And I was told, yes. This morning, I got a phone call and they said, okay, we've got one more change. So here's the breaking story. For the last, I'm going to estimate, the last 20 years, the Lawrence Public Schools have been under state control. Apparently, Lawrence Mayor Brian DePena has negotiated with the state to have the city of Lawrence regain control of their schools. Now, this is a good news, bad news thing, really. It's good for the people of Lawrence in that they're going to be able to control the destiny of their schools. And they won't have the state, which, by the way, has done a far worse job educating kids in Lawrence than when Lawrence was running it. Now, that's not saying much, right? Because Lawrence was doing a horrible job. The state came in and they're doing an abysmally horrible job. So it's going to go just back to being a horrible job. Uh, but with a different mayor and a different configuration of a school committee, I think the f- there's going to be a transitional school committee appointed uh, by the mayor and I think maybe one or two members by the state for a transition. But the mayor is serious. So this is not something that, um, this is not something that, that they're going to go back on because he has just signed a contract with a Harvard professor. His name is, oh, hold on, I got this, got this about an hour ago. Uh, his name is James Karras. He's a Harvard professor. He's been hired by the city of Lawrence as a consultant to manage the transition between state control of the Lawrence schools and Lawrence control of the Lawrence schools. Now, it, it, again, it's a good news, bad news thing. I don't think that the Lawrence schools are going to be much better under Lawrence control, given what we know happened before state control came in. However, at least they've got a shot. At least if the Lawrence people are running things, they have a chance to change things. Because right now, if, the, if, if, the, if a parent in Lawrence is not happy with the crazy uh, left-wing political bullshit that goes on in the schools, teaching kids that Donald Trump is a Nazi and, and transgender bathrooms and all that other garbage that they teach, right now there's nothing they can do about it. If there's a Lawrence parent out there that's not happy that their kids are being taught about transgenderism in third grade, there's nothing they can do. Under local control, there will be something they can do. And believe it or not, and I know this shocks most of my liberal friends that live outside of Lawrence, 
The Dominican Community Alliance is a very conservative community. They are very politically conservative. They're not for gay marriage. They're not for transgender bathrooms. They're not for any of this stuff. They're very, and by the way, 80% pro-life. The Dominican community is 80% pro-life. You can look that up in Lawrence, okay? So it's a socially very conservative population. And I get calls all the time from parents saying, you're not going to believe what they're teaching my third grader. You're not going to believe what they're teaching my fifth grader. But there's nothing anybody can do. You can call the mayor's office. You can call the city councilors. You can call the so-called school committee, which has no power. But nothing will change. All they're going to do is listen to your complaint and say, gee, that's too bad. If Lawrence regains control, and they are going to regain control, so I should say when, when Lawrence regains control of their schools, at least there will be something that the parents can do about those kinds of things. When their kid fails, they can go to the school and they can work on making sure that the teachers that are teaching them are going to teach them correctly. They can complain about teachers and actually get teachers fired when they don't do their jobs. And so I think overall it's a good thing, overall, but we have to wait and see. So let's see what this Harvard... I'm always suspect when someone's from Harvard. But um, I trust the judgment of the mayor and I trust the judgment of Octavian. And they've brought in this Mr. Karras and he's going to be running... The, he's going to be formulating the transition from state control to local control. That's, by the way, also good news if you live outside of Lawrence. Because that means if you live in Methuen, Andover, Dracut, North Andover, Tewksbury, you're not going to be paying so much for the Lawrence schools anymore. Lawrence is going to have to kick in their own money again. And so that means less of, our, less of our state tax money going to the Lawrence schools. Listen, I believe in local control 99.9% of the time, as long as they're paying for it. And so I believe, I believe, and we're going to have Mr. Karras, I believe, is going to be here next Thursday uh, for next week's show. So I be, but I believe that that's, that's the direction they're going in, that they're going to have a transition. The city's going to take over, but the city's also going to be kicking in. They're going to be kicking in funds for that. So... Uh, really big breaking news. I was a little surprised that, they, that it changed so much within the last 24 hours. Um, I kept getting texts going, okay, hold on on what we just told you. We're going to do it a different way. So I guess they were kind of still in negotiation when the person leaked it to me. And I, I, call, I must have called Octavian like eight times and he wasn't taking my call. So I was like, well, then screw it. I'm just going to go with this. Um, we're going to go with what we have now. It may change again. It, there may be a committee set up. There may be a transition committee set up. I don't know. But we're going to have Mr. Karras here next Thursday at 2, and we're going to talk about the ins and outs of how is Lawrence going to regain control of their schools. But more importantly, and this is, I'm going to keep hopping on this like crazy, how is Lawrence going to maintain local control? Because if the state gives Lawrence schools back to the local people, and within five years they haven't really made much of an improvement you know what's going to happen. It's going to go back the other way. And so it's really going to depend on the leadership at City Hall. Um, I had no faith under the last mayor, but I have a, a lot more faith under this mayor that it's going to happen, and it's going to happen the right way. Brian's no left-wing lunatic. Brian DePena is not a left-wing lunatic. He's not. Um, he, he's liberal on some things, but, he, but he's not one of these left-wingers. And he's a very... He's a very religious man, for lack of a better term. He's a very moral person. He, he considers himself a very moral person. He's a very religious person. So I, I, I trust his judgment on these kinds of things, but time will tell. Time will tell. So um, I, I, I'm, I'm still shocked because, honestly, in a perfect world, if, if I could wave a magic wand, I would never give Lawrence back their school system, I'm, except for the fact that the state's doing a more horrible job. So, I mean, who controls your schools? I don't know. The state, the federal, you can't give it to the federal government, right? 
because they'll do an even worse job. You look at what Joe Biden's doing all over the country with every other issue that's going on. I mean, this guy said yesterday that Putin is losing in Iraq. <laughs> I saw it and I went, did he just say, I was someone in the office, did he just say Iraq? And I've got, um, I've got live TV, so I, I backed it up. And he did. He said Iraq. I think I posted it on my page today. So, all right. Can we go home? Oh, no, we still got 10 minutes. All right. Supreme Court. Supreme Court ruled this morning, or they announced their ruling this morning, that racism is still unconstitutional. Now, we've had this affirmative action uh, policies all over the country for the last, I'd say, 40, 50 years. And when affirmative action started, when they, when they, when they first implemented affirmative action, I will admit that America needed affirmative action because we were coming out of the 60s, we were coming out of the Jim Crow laws, we were coming out of separate but equal, uh, black water fountains, separate schools for blacks and whites, and there needed to be integration. And so for a period of time, I understand, I'm a reasonable person, that you needed to give preference to black applicants that are trying to get to college because for for decades and decades and decades, they weren't even allowed into those colleges. And so they, they needed to try and rebalance things, try and correct things. I actually agree with the Democrats on that, on that topic. I think at the time, we needed some affirmative action. But like with everything else, like with the civil rights movement, like with the gay rights movement, like with all of these movements, they outlive their usefulness. And then they look for other things to complain about so that they continue to stay relevant. And you look at today's so-called civil rights movement, it's totally racist. It's about how white people suck, how all white people have white supremacy, how all white people have white privilege, how, uh, how black is good and white is bad, how white people aren't allowed to say certain things, but black people can say whatever they want. And it's really, it's, it's really a slap in the face to Martin Luther King and what he lived for and what he died for. And when the court ruled on affirmative action initially, they hypothesized that it would take about 25 years or more um, for this imbalance to be corrected. They didn't, they didn't mean for affirmative action to last forever, but it has lasted for what seems like forever. And so the court that the Democrats and CNN are losing their shit over all day today, calling it an extremist court. Elizabeth Warren said on Twitter just a few minutes ago that... Um, this is an, an extremist right-wing court. Well, yesterday I posted a story about the Supreme Court ruling in favor of Democrats on a gerrymandering case as to whether or not state legislators could decide the, uh, the different districts that congressmen can represent and whether or not the state legislature can write election laws and have that be exempt from the courts overturning it. And the Democrats said, no, the court should be able to overturn something if the legislature gets something wrong. Republicans said, no, 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 no. We want the result we want. The court ruled in favor of the Democrats. I did not see Elizabeth Warren calling me an extremist right-wing court when they did that. And it was six, I believe that ruling was six to three. And I believe that the conservative justices, most of them sided with the liberal justices. There have been at least five Supreme Court rulings that I've posted on Facebook just in the last week where the left and the right agreed on things, where you had one liberal and one conservative justice disagree with the court, and like three conservative justices and three liberal justices agreeing with, 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 the, with the decision. So this is, not a, this is not an ideological court. This is not an evil, extremist, right-wing court. 
But the Democrats have to say what they have to say. They have to lie about everything. And by the way, Republicans are not much better. But on this, but on this case, the, the, the Democrats, what they're trying to say and what they've been saying now for the last 25 years is that some racism is okay. That's what, that's what they're trying to say. That even though we are now in the year 2023 and the Jim Crow laws were done away with like 50 or more years ago, that somehow we still need that. Um, I'm going to give you a quote, but before I do, I want to pull this up because I posted it on Facebook earlier, and I I actually found it on Twitter. Um, Fascinating stuff. So if you look at the, the cases about Harvard University, and in Harvard University, applicants in the top academic decile have different chances of admission depending on their race. Asians have a 12.7% representation. Whites, 15%. Hispanics, 31%. Blacks, 56.1%. Okay? Now, if that's not racist, I don't know what is. Racism doesn't mean what CNN tells you it means every day. That if it benefits white people, it's racist. But if it disproportionately benefits black people, it's not racist. Racism is racism is racism. And affirmative action is racist. It says, we're not going to judge you as an individual based on the merits of whether you can get into this college and whether or not you can succeed at this college. We're going to judge you based on your race first. And if you're the wrong race, if you're Asian, you're not going to get in. If you're white, you're probably not going to get in. If you're black, you've got a 56.1% chance of getting in. Now, I always say if you reverse those, those races and it sounds racist then it is racist. If they had a policy that said 56.1% of white people can get in, but only 12% of black people can get in, I think we'd all agree that that's racist. So why don't we agree with it the other way? Martin Luther King didn't live and die for black supremacy, for special rights for black people, for special rights for Hispanic people. He pushed for a colorblind society. And by the way, that's what the Constitution calls for. It calls for a colorblind society. Any other excuse is just that. You can talk about slavery and 400 years of oppression and Jim Crow and, and, and uh, systemic racism and white supremacy. Those are all distractions for the fact that you want racism. Is some racism okay or is all racism wrong? And that's what it comes down to. Clarence Thomas said, and I know she's got it up there, but I want to pull it so I can read it off my, uh, off my thing here. Where is it? There it is. Here's what Clarence Thomas said. So I read the entire decision this morning. It was very, very, very long. I was up very early this morning, uh, and I read this. But, th- but this said it all for me because this is something I've been saying since like I was born. Whatever their skin color, today's youth simply are not responsible for instituting the segregation of the 20th century. And they do not shoulder the, bur- shoulder the moral debts of their ancestors. Our nation should not punish today's youth for the sins of the past. Hello? Hello? And he's black. And that's why CNN and the Democrat Party hates Clarence Thomas. Because if he said that and he was white, they could call him a white supremacist. And they could, and they could denigrate him and tell you not to listen to him. To, to dismiss what he's saying. Because he's white supremacist. He's white. Of course he's going to say that, but the fact that he's black makes them even more furious because now you've got a black man on the court who's not subscribing to the Joe Biden idea that if, if you don't vote for me, you ain't black, 
that in order to be black, all black people have to think exactly the same way. Martin Luther King called that racist. Tom Duggan calls that racism. Martin Luther, uh, 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 Clarence Thomas calls that racism. Because it is. So either some racism is good or all racism is not good. And if you happen to think that some racism is good, then we have to decide what racism is good. Because if you're going to go with the theory that some racism is okay, for whatever your excuse is, then that means that can change. And 10 years from now, racism against your group could be okay. And the Constitution should never tolerate that. No one should be denied admission to a college campus, to, to uh, any college, because of their race. And no one should be denied a job because of their race. And no one should be denied government benefits because of their race. But you have an entire political party and one-third of the other party who live, breathe, eat, and sleep race politics because the lobbyists that spend millions of dollars on political campaigns bankroll these people so that they will promote racism because there's a lot of money to be made on racism. There's a lot of money to be made on race politics. There's a lot of money to be made by pitting people against each other. And it's really all about the money. It, it, these people don't give two shits about a poor black kid living in an in a, in a inner city ghetto with very little chance of success. They just don't care. And the proof is, look at the last 50 years. Have black people advanced as a, as a people? Have they advanced over the last 50 years? Or is it worse now than it was 50 years ago? 50 years ago, the vast majority of black kids had a father at home. Today the vast majority of black kids not only don't have a father at home, but don't even have a parent at home. They're living with a relative, they're living with a grandparent, or they're living, on, or they're living off the state because their parents have abandoned them. That's the result of government intervention and race politics. It's made Latinos poorer. It has made black people poorer. It has made every minority group poorer and less capable of having advancement in society and less opportunities regardless of how many blacks they let into Harvard. Because you can let 56% of the blacks that apply to Harvard get into Harvard. But if they're not prepared for the real world when they get out of Harvard, what have you really done for them? So I'm going to leave it at that. Um, I'm going to be at uh, VFW tonight at 6 o'clock in Methuen. Clear Path for Veterans New England has a big announcement. I gave you a preview of some of that. But he wouldn't tell me all of it because he knows, he knows that I'd blow it out on the show because we have a lot of veterans that watch the show. Um, I'm also going to be at Mamacitas in Lawrence today, uh, after, right after that, for a fundraiser for Greg DeLosario. Boy, I, you know what? Latinos can't take over Methuen fast enough. You know, like seriously? I, I was thinking about this this morning. Instead of me going out and having something to eat after I leave Randy's tonight, I'm going to go to Mamacitas to Greg DeLosario's because Latinos, when they have fundraisers, the food is phenomenal. Then you go to like a white person's fundraiser in, in Methuen for somebody running for city council, state rep or whatever, and the food is just, it's either no food or it's just like, you know, cheese and crackers, right? I've never gone to a Latino function without having a full spread of like rice and beans and chicken and pork and everything else that they put out. So uh, good luck to Greg Delosario tonight. I'll be there and uh, enjoy the 4th of July weekend. It's about America's birthday. Thank a veteran. And I guess we could just roll up uh, Melvin Taylor. I see the time's upside. 
I want to thank McLennan Real Estate Century 21. Be on the lookout for that NPR story over the next few weeks. Zanny Pesci Law Office. JG's Ice Cream. Stacks in Haverhill. Par 28 right here in Salem, New Hampshire. Loaded in Haverhill. We want to go to Loaded first because that looks like finger food and we, we really like the finger food. AFC Urgent Care. The Mercurial Law Office. Clear Path for Veterans New England. Tomo and Shaken Seafood. Morelli's Deli, EIS Investigation and Gun Trading, and Marsan and Sun Construction. Also, don't forget tonight at Sadie's, uh, it's tonight, right? Yes, okay, tonight, tonight, every Thursday night, Sadie's music, Bar and Grill. Sadie's music bingo with, uh, with the lovely and talented and sexiest voice on Aww. podcast, Chrissy Cunningham. I'll take good care of you. And I would thank our executive producer, but it looks like he left. He's in bed. Oh, no, he's in the corner in bed. Okay, That's all right. Nice. I want to thank Murphy, our executive producer. He does what he can. Yeah. Sounds like Mill and Taylor says you got to go home. So go home already and enjoy your 4th of July weekend. Go to Borelli's and get your meats for the grill. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.